Hey, it's Jen the Builder. And Corey. And you're on Take the Elevator. Thank you for riding with us. Yes. Yet again, we are here together about to enjoy a wonderful ride. Yes. And I'm going to say this, and this is how different you and I are, but it is, I believe, our 80th episode. Yes. I think, or maybe, possibly, quite possibly, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I don't like counting because I just love that we just keep going. You know, it just makes me feel good to know that we're just chugging along no matter what number it is. Chug, chug, chug. Yes. (laughs) But that's for something else. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways. Maybe a little later. (laughs) I will probably keep counting until 100. Because I don't know, in my mind, 100 is like huge. Yeah, that is huge. Yeah. I probably should do that too. Yeah, let's just do that. So today... 80th floor welcome again to take the elevator we hope you are having an awesome day whatever time of day you're listening yeah i'm having a wonderful day i had a great day today good i did too busy but good great productive and good all right so let's go ahead we have not done a would you rather in so flipping long so long that we're actually going to do two because it really no 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 Don't make that face. Don't open your eyes all wide and look shocked. It's going to be okay because it's going to intro our topic so well. You'll see right now. Okay. All right. So this is not a random order, guys. This is actually planned as I'm going through the book. But I'm going to ask you, Corey, and I think we're probably going to come up with the same story. But, you know, people love stories. We love telling stories. Question is, is would you rather ride the scariest water slide Or tallest ride at an amusement park? Scariest water slide or tallest ride Ride. at the amusement park? Yes. I've done them both. Okay. But I would much rather the tallest ride. That water slide (laughs) park thing, not good. Not good at all. Why? Because it's dangerous, it's scary. And it gives you a massive wedgie. And I'm just being honest. (laughs) That's what I was thinking, too. (laughs) Because you're going down so fast and that water is just shooting up your rear end and it's stuffing whatever you got on up in there, too. So I'm like, no, I don't like that. Yeah. Oh, you're thinking about the ride that's like dropout at Raging Waters. You just go straight down. Yes. Yes. That is, if you ever want a wedgie. (laughs) (laughs) Go Which, ahead and ride that I don't ride. know anybody that just <laughs> wants one of those, but okay. I like the rides. I don't, it says, so it's the tallest ride at an amusement park or the scariest water slide. So that's the scariest one for you? That's the scariest one. That is pretty scary, actually. Yeah. Because all the ones, you know, where you're going up and down and turning and stuff, it's usually in a tube or maybe even halfway but going straight down, and you guys, your body is not touching anything. No, you while you're leave going the down, slide, and yes. you're going straight down. Yeah, and then the next thing you feel is pure pressure up your rear end. So yeah, it's just not good. Not that I'd ever want to see this, but I wonder what would happen is if someone is going down and they like kind of move forward. Not why would you do that? But I'm I don't just know. Wondering. I, I've seen the worst. I had some really crazy friends. They they did the spread eagle thing. They Tried to push themselves further away from that's yeah. nuts. Yeah. Okay. So there's that story. Let's talk about the tallest ride at an amusement park. 
I'm going to go with just an amusement park. I want to share this story. And I don't know if you guys have ever done this because of an accomplishment. Um, It could be, I'll just say, losing weight. You and I lost a gang of weight about five years ago. Mm -hmm. And one of my dreams come true happened. And that was to go to Magic Mountain and not be scared to get on a ride and have people say, sorry, ma'am, but the belt's not buckling and you've got to get off the ride <laughs> in front of hundreds of people. I've seen it happen. Exit stage left. Please. Yeah, exactly. And if you've never been a big person, this would never be a fear of yours. But trust me, it's a it's a real fear. It's legitimate for people who are plus sized. And so I knew for a fact, Corey, you and I are going to buckle in any ride and we're going and magic mountain is a lot of uphill you know and i knew we could do that too so it was a sense of achievement and freedom yeah absolutely so we go to magic mountain and we go on the first ride and i don't even remember what it was called but it was tied to the chip what's those chips that are like cylinder in red ta takits anyways some anyways that was a sponsor of this ride and it was a Japanese-sounding name, and I wish I could remember it. But anyways, when you go on the ride, you're buckled in. What happens is it goes up, and your seat, you are parallel to the ground. Right. Remember that one? It's not most like you're laying down yes, mid Yes, but you're like hundreds of feet up. Yeah. And all your weight is on the one buckle and the harness that's holding you in. Right. And then you start to think, did I really lose as much weight as I thought I did? <laughs> and is it worth, was it worth this, right? Is this the way I'm going to die? <laughs> yeah. So uh, obviously we survived. And you are so flipping hilarious because as we go through all the different rides and we're like, yes, that buckled. Oh, that was awesome. We went on a ride and it was pretty scary. And you said mid-flight. Why are we doing this again? What are we trying to prove? And you're all, I'm done. Yeah, and I was. <laughs> and you had enough, and we didn't ride any more roller coasters that day. Or since then. Yeah, I was like, why are we doing this? Like, you know, but anyways, that was our last time, and that was great. So I am with you. I would rather do the roller coaster any day because of the wedgie. Oh, yeah. No wedgies. No wedgies. Every day, elevate. Every day, elevate. Okay, we are going to talk about some things, but to intro it, I want to open up with the fact that parents, your kids are on summer break. How does that feel? I know that some parents are enjoying it because they don't have to worry so much about the school part of it and kid, they don't have to wake their kids up early. You know, they get to relax. Or some parents might think they're going crazy because their kids are just getting on their last nerves. Right. And remember, some kids haven't been back to school yet. Right. They've been going to school from home. Right. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's this question that I thought was interesting, and it brings up another story, but let's talk about kids going to school. Let's pretend they're back in school. Would you rather take have your kids take the bus, or do you want to drive them, Corey? Think back to our kiddos when they were school-aged. Honestly, if I, if, and I know that I always do this, but I have to be really clear about why I feel this way. 
I want my kids to walk to and from school. Uh, the reason why. <laughs> that is not even an option, but okay. I, I rode the bus. Uh-huh. And it's just some crazy antics going on on that bus. And you're just mm-hmm. like, no, I do not want you participating in none of that stuff. It's kind of crazy. And so that that's my main reason for the whole no bus. But then for me to have to drive them, they would have to leave early or I'd have to be late to work. And it's just not worth it when you can walk or ride a bike or skateboard or it's just too many modes of transportation nowadays for kids to get to to and from school without having to have a bus, especially if they're close enough. I don't even want to know what you're talking about as far as what's going on in the school bus, because I remember a story when Kayla took the bus to school, middle school. Mm -hmm. And what I had you do was we parked across the street from the bus watched Kayla get on the bus, followed the bus to school, made sure she got off okay, and waved hello and goodbye through the whole thing. (laughs) Do you remember that? I remember that. Because I was so nervous about her being on the bus with other kids, and I hope she was okay on that bus. Yeah, and precursor to that, Kayla was just very innocent and really didn't have a clue of what was going on in the real world. All she really knew was what she experienced with us and and the family. So Right. I get why you were like that. Right, right. So that brings us to the kids being on summer vacation. And gosh, sometimes I know I wish I had summer vacation. Because can you imagine two to three months between May and August or September to unwind, to re-up for another year of work? See, they already know what would happen. What would happen? Most people probably wouldn't go back to work. That's number one. Mm. And the ones that did go back to work might have another job or they may have started their own business. And that's just way too dangerous and volatile for a company to gamble that you're going to come back to me. Which is what we're seeing now, right? We notice all the for hire signs. Yeah. And a lot of people have discovered their mojo, mm-hmm. their entrepreneurship, their creativity mm-hmm. in the last year and almost half, a year and a half, let's yeah. say. So now you've got people who figured out how to make their money, and we have companies who are just dying for people to apply. Yeah, and not to mention, they gave us a crap ton of money through unemployment <laughs> right? to be able to kickstart a business. You know, you didn't even have to go. That's true. Go fund me or some strange, you know, raise money for a yeah. business. You just. Stimulus. Stimulus and unemployment. A couple of times over. Hey, let me start my business now. Hey. I'm not mad about it. No, nope, not at all. So when we come back, we're going to talk about the fact that most of us don't get a summer vacation. Sure, we get time off here and there. Hopefully you're requesting your time off. But what do we do as we work almost every day of the year, especially here in America, because that's what we're known for. Yeah. And not only do we work almost every day, but a lot of us pull some overtime. And we want to come back and talk to you guys about, are you enjoying your work? Mm. And start a conversation there. So please hang tight. And I hope you enjoy what's to come. Every day.
We are back. And I had a question for Jen, and this is kind of what sparked this conversation earlier. And I said, hey, let's just let's just bring this to the, the podcast. Let's, let's not even have this conversation anymore. Let's just have it out. Because I'm sure if I'm feeling like this, there are other people out in the world feeling the same way. And so most of the time it will be considered senioritis. But that's if you're about to graduate and get away from something. But for me, there's this mood of wanting to just break away from the job for a little bit mm-hmm. from time to time. Not mm-hmm. right now, per se. I, I've had a few breaks and um, taking some days off, so I'm feeling pretty good right now. But Jen, in your opinion, what do people, what should people do when they're a little burnt out? They're, they're not quite to the point to where they're ready to move on or find another job, but they're, they're feeling that, that, Midnight oil burning a little bit too much. They're hesitating going to work every day. They may even be contemplating taking a sick day when, not even sick, but I just need some time. That's that's a lot of what I think I was going through a little, maybe about a month or two ago. And so I'm just thinking, you know, maybe we can offer some advice or some suggestions for people that are going through these things. Yeah, I think that's a really full question, right? Because where I go first is, did you enjoy your job to begin with, right? Mm. So if you have someone who's working to work, that's one thing because they got to keep the lights on. They got to keep the roof over their heads and feed the family. I get that. And then there are people who get to enjoy their job. So I think those are two categories, but I love to talk about the second, enjoying your job. So let's say you're someone you enjoy your job and I can talk to this because I genuinely enjoy my job and I've been doing it for years now. Have I had moments where I felt like I did not enjoy my job? Absolutely. And those are the moments we're talking about, right? Well, can we just definitely make a a mental marker there? Okay. Um, It is very normal to not always love your job. Absolutely. It is very normal for you not to always feel inspired to go to work. Yeah, that's true. And with that being said, you're not an anomaly if you Mm -hmm. have these feelings. So Very normal. Very normal. And I'm going to tie it to resilience because resilience is the ability to bounce back. So Mm -hmm. you're allowed to have those moments. You're absolutely makes sense to be like, I don't feel like working today. I just want to stay in bed. Or or, tomorrow or for the week. Yeah, exactly. Resilience is your ability to bounce back. And I think part of that is to recognize when those things are now becoming chronic, right? And you can't get yourself out of that slump. What do you do? But before we talk about what do you do, what are the signs? And let's just like shoot those back and forth, right? And I'll just share. For me, it's I will wait till the very last minute to get up to get ready for work. That's a big sign for me. Now, everyone is different, but there's that for me. Or my day just lasts super long. Right. Or I'm dreading, like, what's to come during my day, you know? Um, For me, those are signs that, okay, let's see if this is just a day thing. You could just be off for a couple of days. But if I start to see that worsening, Like, let's just say I have a headache and I usually know I can like take a 
uh, an Advil and it'll go away. Mm -hmm. But then I say in my mind, no, this is a really bad headache. I really shouldn't go to work today. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I think those are signs for sure that, hey, beware, you know, keep your eye out on this. Right, right. And, and, and try to reel it in, reach out to someone. I know that's really important to reach out. I think sometimes, and and you know what's crazy, and I'm sorry that I'm kind of taking over this conversation at this moment. No, take it down. But when people say, I'm burnt out, I ask what led to that burnout. And man, I wish we had spoken about this before burnout, mm-hmm. right? What keeps people from having the conversations before? Or maybe they did and they weren't clear enough or the person that was supposed to receive it didn't see it or read it, didn't hear it, didn't support it, didn't respond to it. Right. You know, a lot of that stuff can happen there. Yeah, absolutely. And what I find um, at the tail end of well, where I feel like it's too late, you're, you've entered mm. into that realm of maybe it's a little bit too late when you're calling off last minute mm-hmm. on a regular basis. When you're making plans, knowing you got to go to work the next day, mm. way too late in the evening. Yeah. But you know, if I do this, I'm probably not going to go to work. But you're not going to call off until the next day when it's almost too late to call right. in. That's a, a big telltale sign that, you know, you're a little bit burnt out. You're a little bit, you know, under the radar yeah. that you or you're on the radar that you shouldn't be on. Right. Or things cause anxiety super quick. Yeah. You know, like you just get stressed at the drop of a dime. Heightened off yeah. of every situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I will say this because Jen expressed that she loves her job. She's very into her job. And it's not that I'm not into my job. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I don't love my job. Um, I don't think my job always loves me. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not laughing at that fact. I mean, keep and I also don't think <laughs> my job is always into me. And and there's a difference. You yeah. know, I, I do have aspirations to do something great. And sometimes in that field of work that I'm working in. But sometimes your your job just is not that into you. Okay. So then what do you do? Um, I'm I'm learning. It's uh-huh. a it's a daily growing process. And it's not that I'm just walking away from it or saying I quit or I don't want to be a part of it. I mean, I look at any work relationship just like a physical relationship. You know, you're not into me 24-7. Sometimes right. I have to go, hey, I need some attention. <laughs> What's going on here? You know, I need a hug and a kiss every once in a while. I need to be pat on the back and told I'm a good guy. Same thing with the job. You know, you have to inform them. You're just not into me right now. And I need I need to know why you're not paying attention to mm-hmm. me. Why you're not giving me the good projects. Why you're not allowing me to flourish. As I need room to grow, room to express myself. Right. And that's what you do in a bad relationship. So that's what you do in a bad working relationship. You express yourself. You put things out there. Now, here's the difference. If that business does not listen to those needs and those um, cries out for help, then you need to know that you got to make a decision and you got to make a decision quick. Right. Right. What I find interesting about this conversation, Corey, is I think you're on one end and I'm on the other. What I mean by that 
is this is really insightful to me as being in management, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes for me, like I, I'm on the receiving end and I may think my team member is so strong, like me listening to them is support enough. And like, I'm here for you. You'll figure this out. Find your joy, you know, and that becomes that conversation. And I'm not proud of that at all. Right. But I will say this as leadership management, we are human and sometimes miss the signals or really don't understand how to support you. So this is what I'm encouraging. If anyone comes to you with that conversation, whether it be at work in a relationship, I think a question that's so important is how, how do you want me to support you? How does it look um, for me to give you better projects? What projects are you talking about specifically? That way you don't miss the mark. I've missed the mark so many times because I assumed and I thought a motivational speech was going to be the answer. I got them going Oh, (laughs) yeah. And I just, oh, I hate when I do that because I'm the worst kind. Like, I always go, how did I miss that? And And I'm not so hard on myself that I beat myself up, but I will journal. Like, it's almost like in school, right, when you had to do standards. Right. And so I will journal about three pages on what I could have done differently to show up for the team. Mm, Very good to know. Yeah, so I think you're right. Those critical, crucial conversations are so key. And then what I would ask is anyone coming to me for support, really define that and give some graces as I figure it out. Like I'm not going to have the response and, and the right answer immediately. There's time to figure that out. You know what I mean? But then I think that's the importance of checkpoints and just like, Hey, Corey, just wanted you to know, I'm still working on that. I hear you and your priority for me, you know, and, and stuff like that. So I think that's a big way to prevent burnout is what you said communicate it and don't keep that bottled in. And if you're on the receiving end, be open to it. Oh yeah. And let's not forget, you know, there's a flip side to my side of it too, because Mm -hmm. I can be disengaged. I can not show up and make the other party feel like, Hey, what's going on? I I need some attention over here. I need to be focused and knowing what I need you to do. And I've told you to do it a couple of times. And so What's happening here? Yeah. So, you know, there's a flip side to everything, but I just wanted to pose that look for you just to see where you would, you know, go. And and then so we can open it up for the rest of the people to kind of understand what's happening from time to time. Absolutely. And I'd love to actually stay on this topic and just have it grow into season three. I think it's important enough that we have these conversations because some people feel like, well, if I say I'm burnt out, you know, they're going to judge me because I don't have resilience. Right. And if I'm not happy here, they're just going to exactly, exactly. And I just learned to not have cookie cutter answers. And it's so important to really listen. And when I say really listen, I'm not just talking about the words that are coming out of your mouth, but I'm listening to the things that aren't being said. Right. The body language. Yeah, Absolutely. The whole atmosphere, the the tension that's brought into the room when the conversation begins. And that's all important to pay attention to when uh, when these conversations start, as you said, crucial conversations start. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what your body language is saying to me. We're going to end here. I love this because, man, I wish I could take a picture for you guys. And I can't wait till we're live on video. So 
I am t- sitting next to Corey, probably about four or five feet away. Mm-hmm. And we're angled and we're facing each other. The eye contact has been on point the whole time. Your arms are wide open. It's kind of like saying, come sit here on my lap. Oh, is that what it's saying? <laughs> That's what it's saying. Well, all right. I love this body language. So you guys remember, there's more ways to talk to someone than one. You know, if you're I, someone that someone's going to, give them the right attention. And if it's not a good time for you, it's okay to say, you know, hey, can we schedule this later? Because everyone deserves for you to be at your best. Oh, and let me just add on to that. Because yeah. there's a way to say that without mm. offending. Yeah. I want to give you all my time. And I know I got something coming up. And I don't want to break a, break away from you while I yeah. have to do that. So let's make this just me and you. We'll schedule something outside of the office so it's on neutral ground. And we can have a good conversation. Absolutely. And guess what? I'm not going to end with a motivational quote right now because this is a conversation that's going to build. So for right now, guys, just find the courage to figure out where you're at in your job and determine if you need to have those conversations. Be ready to lay out your expectations, you know, um, list what your values are and how important these things are to the person that's listening to you. And we got this. Like, we may not have a summer vacation and we have to work through (laughs) the summer. Dang it. But let's make the most of it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, you know us that take the elevator. We say, look up and let's elevate. elevate.